You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode six of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast to empower sick and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. Sponsored by Sick Biz Incorporated, we're the global resource for helping this very special demographic. I'm Hillary Jastrom, and I'm super pumped for this episode today. And I know you are just going to eat this one up. We are ready to break out of ineffective thought patterns, bust loose of our worst self-limiting beliefs, and emerge like a freaking Phoenix into power and abundance that will change your life. Philip Douthat, men's life and business coach to the 1% is with me today, and he is confiding his insider's advice on how to live the life you want. That's advice that I certainly want to hear, and I know you'll feel the same way. Don't forget, he has also agreed to donate an hour of his time to help an entrepreneur like you experience the mind-shifting awakening you have needed to reach your personal brand of success. Without further ado, Philip Douthat, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, we have been talking for a while and I dug into your website today. Well, I've dug into it before, but it, you've really done a lot with it. So I'm really excited to have you here and to uh, introduce you to everybody. Well, thank you for having me, Hillary. I appreciate it. Or should I call you Hill Dog? You know, you... <laughs> I didn't even know how to respond to that. Sure, you could call me. Sure, whatever. That's yes, you can. <laughs> from from right here in the online world, you're known as Hill Dog. I am known as Hill Dog. That is one of my uh, sayings from my brother from another mother. Ryan Stuman has um, dubbed me Hill Dog, and so I proudly answer to it. And I'm trying to figure out an appropriate nickname for him. I guess he's like my brother. He literally is. He has I mean, a nickname, but I don't know if you want us to repeat it. Uh, it's Ryan motherfucking Stuman. Oh, is that okay. the nickname that you're talking about? Yeah. That, that is it. I, I didn't know if we were allowed to fucking swear or not. So well, was... what the hell? Let's just, <laughs> shit, let's go for it. <laughs> Damn, I'm down. All right, sweet. All right, well, let's get this bitch-ass show on the road then. Here we go. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Fucking love it. Yeah. Okay. So one of your sayings is, as I'm digging through and I call it my stalker mode, but one of your, your sayings is find your freedom. And I thought that was very interesting. We hear a lot about mindset shifts. We hear a lot about um, people trying to find their purpose, but you've defined this as find your freedom. Can you share what that means to you? Yeah, sure. Um, Find your freedom is actually just one part of that phrase. The whole phrase that I have come up with is break the norm, find your freedom, live your life. That's my tagline, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so let's break this down a little bit. The break, break the norm part is I feel like so much of society is caught up and trapped in this, this cyclical realm in which we have so many expectations put on us from family and friends and society where you're expected to go to school, get a job, do that for 40 years, and maybe you'll have enough to retire. And that's the norm that we are brought up with within our society. So what I do is I coach people to break out of that mindset, to break that norm so that they can find their freedom. The second part is find your freedom. And within that freedom, there's so much more possibility that they can expand their mind, expand their ideas, and become the person that they feel like they were meant to be instead of being suppressed by the norms of society. And when that happens, they're able to live their life, or live your life is the, the third part of my slogan. So break the norm of society, find your freedom within breaking the, the expectations that are put up upon you uh, by, by society so that you can live your life, live your desired purpose in life that you really feel is, is right and true and real to your heart and soul. And that is something that you came upon at, at an early age. I think you yeah. said you were 12 when you, when you experienced that with your father. 
and what he was doing for a living. And you were very frustrated that you didn't know how to help him. Uh, you were angry with his boss and you were frustrated with your father as well. That's very uh, intuitive for a 12 year old to pick up on that. And then it continued on when you were 22 and you were graduating, but you were feeling condemned to live one particular path. And so this is how your business came about. Yeah, there's there's many steps or should I say events that occurred in between there that led me to to where I am now. But those were a couple of the main ones that, you know, really shaped who I am today. And looking back at 12 years old, I didn't really realize how I felt at the time. I was I was literally just a kid, only 12. And so I wasn't really able to process it real well. But looking back, I was able to think about the situation where my, my dad was verbally assaulted um, by his boss and I was so pissed off at the whole situation. I wanted to help my dad, but I didn't know how. I, I, what I really wanted to do at the time was to go to find my dad's boss and just punch him a hundred times in the face as hard as I could. That's what I wanted to do at the time. Obviously, that's not a, a smart choice, but you know that's that's the kind of mindset that my dad knew and to this day he still struggles with that a little bit i still see that in him because you know he struggles with the whole employee mindset where you know don't don't ruffle any feathers don't challenge authority don't speak up for yourself just do what you're told to do and he struggles with that to this day like i said and so you know having that that situation occur really woke me up to realize that, hey, why do people allow themselves to be controlled and manipulated and bossed around for the benefit of somebody else? Yeah. And self-awareness, that is a huge component. That is a huge trait that I'm picking up in you. Um, And I think it's, it's very difficult for people to wrap their minds around even how do I become self-aware. Um, a lot of people, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs who are trying to get started, and in particular, the demographic that I'm a little biased about, um, the demographic who are sick and disabled or experiencing uh, some sort of hardship in their life, they might be going through treatment, um, their disability might have worsened, whatever the case is. You're so steeped into the moment and into that particular challenge that you almost can't understand how to stop and be self-aware. So what do you have to say to people who might be going through that and really struggling with even how do I become self-aware? First of all, that starts with stopping and slowing, or slowing down and stopping to take inventory of what you're thinking about and what you're focusing on and what you're tolerating. Because we've all heard similar phrases. I think T.R. Ecker said something along the lines of where your focus goes energy flows. Was, I don't remember if that was Ecker or it might have been Tony Robbins. But either way, it it's so true that whatever you're focusing on, that's where your energy is going. And by energy, um, it also means other resources like your time, your thoughts, your money, your efforts. Um, and that's what your focus is going towards. Alongside of that is tolerance. What are you tolerating in your life? Are you tolerating things that stop your momentum? Are you tolerating things that are slowing you down in what you want to achieve? And so by being self-aware, you need to take inventory and check out 
what is actually going on around you. Look at the people around you. Look at the situations that you're in. Are they benefiting you? Are they taking you in the direction of your dreams and and goals? Or are they stopping you or slowing you down? And And these are are very challenging questions. Um, And they can be very painful questions. But one of the things that I talk about with people is you're going to feel the pain You'll feel the pain of movement. You'll feel the pain of uh, defining your boundaries, shoring them up and not letting hurtful people in. And you will miss those people. But you are also going to feel the pain of being stuck, the pain of being around people who are not supporting you. So you kind of have to pick your pain. And it might be surprising when you decide I'm not going to tolerate this sort of treatment from somebody, whatever it might be, whomever it might be, um, the overwhelming feeling initially is pain and it's loss, but then that sadness shrinks as you start to welcome in other opportunities. And so that's, that's something that, um, I work really hard to talk to people about, especially in the transverse myelitis support group. Um, a lot of people when they get sick, maybe not a lot, but I've seen a, many people when they get sick have said, I want to give up. I'm a different person. I don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't how, know to how to control this. this. And that's spot on to what I was saying earlier. When people want to give up, they're not focusing on the things that really matter. They're focusing on their pain instead of focusing on the ways to get out of that pain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, I think you get to turn that down in the background there. <laughs> Me? Yeah, I'm getting some feedback. Oh, I don't have anything on. Oh, okay, weird. Robert, um, give yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Robert. Can, is there, okay. Do you still hear something? No, I don't hear it. I don't hear it anymore. This is the fun part about just going for it and <laughs> recording and then all of these, you know, different crazy things come up. But um, you might hear some barking because I have a couple of dogs, but I have the door closed. But that doesn't mean <laughs> that they won't bark. <laughs> it doesn't mean that at all. I tell my daughter when I'm upstairs on the podcast, use the bathroom downstairs because I will die if somebody hears a toilet flush. I will just... <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so yeah, we just have to roll with it. But I love that idea. Now, people get into a rut of how they think about themselves or they think about things. They start feeling like, um, and you've heard this. I know you have. I'm unlucky. Everything happens to me. Um, mm, that's the but, victim mentality. Yep. And how do we get out of that? What are, in particular... If you're in that victim mentality and you're saying these things to yourself over and over again, and so you are paving the path to negativity every single day, the more that you speak like that, how do we stop speaking like that? And is there something that we can say to ourselves that will help us to move over that rut? Well, that all goes back to self-awareness. Because if you're if you're speaking... Um, of events or situations or people or places or whatever of from a from a negative standpoint um the question rears its head of are you aware that you're actually saying these things Hmm. and also are you aware of the effects the adverse effects in which these things that you're saying to yourself actually have on you and those around you because here's the thing if you're not performing at your best all the time you're robbing the world of your own greatness absolutely and and, and so, you know what you beat me to the punch because that was another <laughs> question <laughs> really oh i i kind of figured something like that was coming up because of the you know what i do but yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah Um, And this is a different way of looking at it. You are an empowering coach. Uh, You're not a coach to my, you know, my involvement with you has been that you take 
great joy in lifting people up. And I mean, from my perspective, it seems like that's really your mission is to make people aware of their own greatness in the midst of adversity. Correct. And that's part of, of my mission statement in life. And my mission statement is empowering men to forge their destiny and transform their world by finding clarity beyond the pain. That's my mission statement. And that first word, empowering, is exactly what you just said. I empower people to become more self-aware, to become the greatest version of themselves so that they can go out into the world and that ripple effect of their greatness will go out into the world far beyond anything that I can ever imagine. And that's a beautiful thing. I don't ever want to be able to measure the amount of of impact that I have on the world. I want it to be so immense, so big that there's absolutely no way that it can ever be measured. That's amazing to me when that happens. And such a privilege to see that, to be able to see the growth of that person coming out of their shell and walking into their purpose. Um, Sick Biz talks a lot about turning pain into purpose. It's a mindset shift of, oh crap, I can't believe this happened to me, to what can I do with this? And can this even become a gift to my greater empowerment? So 100% um, on the board, with you. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about some of your moments of adversity and how you've handled them. Sure. Do you have any in particular or not? No, that's just all um, kind of, you know, top of your mind. What's okay. What, yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about how about when I graduated college? Now, this one's a little bit more controversial for many people. Because like I said earlier, we're, we're taught by society and by family that it's expected up to, of us to go to college, get, it, get that degree, get that job, and do that for the next 40 years or so. And so I want to talk about the situation of when I graduated college. And I graduated with, I don't know, probably a couple thousand other students at, on that day. And so they called my name, got up, I walked across the stage, they handed me my degree, and it had a rubber stamp of some person that I've never even heard of or met that told me that I could read, write, and regurgitate (laughs) what I just learned over the last four years. (laughs) and so that that to me was a really pivotal point in my life because I'm looking back at my past and I'm realizing that oh shit I'm traveling down the path that's expected of me and I'm not following my heart and soul and when I was handed handed that degree it felt like a set of handcuffs closing around my life and it felt like I was enslaved to a lifelong series of ser- of, of servitude to a bad boss just like my father was and I was realizing that fear in my life mm-hmm. and so I pushed it aside for several years And then I got one job after another, and I couldn't find success or happiness. And it was very, very frustrating to me. But going back a little bit more is, a little bit further is the fact that I ran my own business when I was six years old. (laughs) For 13 years, I ran a bait shop. Oh, did you really? (laughs) I, I did. I ran a bait shop, and I... And learned how to invest money and save money. And I paid cash for my college education all the way through. And so 
looking at that situation made me realize that I worked so hard to save all that money, start a business, figure out how that's run, how to do all that at a very young age. And then I gave away all my money to the university. And I'm not saying that schooling is bad, but it wasn't right for me. And I didn't realize that until I I looked back into the past and I looked back at the situation and I realized that I would be a different person at a different place in my life if I had had that money to be able to invest in my business at a younger age, the business that I have now. So first thing is I don't want to play Monopoly against you because I think you would probably just kill it. I'd be in jail all the time. You'd be sweeping (laughs) up all the properties. I would. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'd be trying to palm the money on the side. Like I got that $500 in my sleeve. You can't see it, but you could. <laughs> and I'm very risky when I play Monopoly though. I'm very risky because you know, as, as an entrepreneur, we have to have a high level of, of risk adversement. And, and so that's, that might be a, a deadly combination for you in, in that game. It may be. It absolutely. And we have to learn that that uh, risk adversement too. Um, I think it's amazing that you ran yes. your own bait shop. And you know what? I, I can imagine though, as you gave all your money away to college and not saying again, like you said, there's not a value to that. There is, there uh, is. to certain people, to certain people, but it is, it's really poignant to learn that you can make different decisions you know, it reinforces your own control. We think that we have such little control in our lives. And to a degree, we do because, you know, God can come down and squash you like an ant, in my personal opinion. But um, we actually can control more that we think we can control. And your specialty is helping men. So I want to shift a little bit. Um, last year, I think it was last year, I wrote an article about uh, men and disabilities in particular, the way that men identify with what they do. So I want you to speak to these men with disabilities in terms of, you're a man, you get it. You last don't time have, I checked, yes. Yeah, last time you checked. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so you understand that for men in particular, there is a huge kind of knitting together of I am a man and I am an action or I am a noun. I'm not, um, I'm not a man and I'm not uh, a Scorpio who likes to whatever. It's all about your work. So what do you, what do you say to these men who have put the shackles on, they've gone to work, they've done everything right, and then boom, they're hit with an illness or a disability, and they're panicking now. They're absolutely panicking because their identity has been taken away. Yes. Well, in that situation, it's definitely beneficial for you as a man to figure out what, the, what success is to you. Because if you're faced with an ailment of some sort, you're, you're limited on maybe your ability, whether your ability is restricted by physical movement or um, even financial movement if you're having to pay medical bills or whatnot. And so you're faced with figuring out what kind of legacy that you want to leave. And what's your idea of success is. And so let's let's touch on that a little bit. First of all, what I do is when I'm coaching is I ask people, what is your definition of success? And I have never, ever had anybody give me an exact, specific, beneficial answer to that question. So let me break this down for everybody listening. Success is the progressive achievement of a worthwhile, predetermined idea. So what does that mean? Let's start out with progressive achievement. Progress. To me, in order to be happier in life, you always have to be progressing or leveling up your life. 
And so if you are progressing, being a little bit better today than you were yesterday towards your ideas or towards your goals, that's going to give you the energy and the passion and the excitement to keep pushing forward. And that what that does is it gives you a different focus on life. It focuses on what really matters instead of giving your energy and your time and your focus to the ailment or the disease. What you're doing is that you're what you're doing is you're giving your energy, your time, your money, your focus, your thoughts, everything towards your idea of success and leaving a better legacy for your family. So progressive achievement of a worthwhile predetermined idea. So let's touch on worthwhile here real quick. Worthwhile is value. Does it have value? Is what you're doing in life valuable to not just yourself, but to the world, to others? And so you have to analyze that. That goes back to your focus, to your tolerance, to your um, to your self-awareness. And I apologize if you hear sirens in the background because there's a fire truck going by. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that or not. I just thought it was a hot podcast. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so <laughs> worthwhile is does what you're working on, your business, your your idea of success, does that? have value? Is it worthwhile to to you, to those around you, to your family, to your friends, to your employees, to the people that you work with, your colleagues? Is it providing value to the world? And predetermined, this is where a lot of people get very confused and frustrated. Predetermined means having a worthwhile goal. Do you have a goal big enough, powerful enough to pull you along as you're working on your business. And idea is, ideas are actually worthless unless you put them into action. So the word idea is, is calling upon you to put your, your, your goals into action. Because if you're not actually doing anything, you're not progressively achieving a worthwhile goal, then what you're doing is, like I said earlier, is you're not living at your fullest potential and you're robbing the world of your greatness. And that is a big struggle for a lot of people. So be aware, self-aware. What are you focusing on? What are you tolerating in life that's not benefiting you? And I have strategies to kind of get around that and, and wake you up. Um, there's a book, I, I don't remember the author, but it's called Wake Up and Live. And that, that I've never read the book, but that phrase alone is so powerful, wake up and live. And I wish I could take credit for that, but it's, it, it goes right along with the idea of do people have a worthwhile goal in mind that they're actually acting on in order to level up their life and leave a more powerful legacy in their life. So you really paved this. You you set out the stepping stones for people to say, this is how we are going to look at this. This is how we are going to define these ideas, um, your goals, your meaning, and your legacy. I'm hearing legacy a lot. So Let's say, let's say you've got a guy who's totally pumped up and he's ready to go, but he might be a very critical thinker. And there are two different, uh, to my mind anyways, there are two different types of people. There are the people who really analyze things and, and what are the pros and cons of this? And again, this is different. This is not right or wrong. And then there are the action takers who jump in and they say, well, we'll figure it out as we go. The people who are affected by analysis paralysis need your advice right now. They're overthinking everything that is not beneficial to their life. Simply put. And how do they move out of that? 
again, that goes back to are you aware of how you're thinking and what you're doing? Two things, and I've hit on this multiple times, and I will hit on this many, many times with clients, is focus and tolerance. And also, actually, now that I think about it, another one is vulnerability. You see, so many people are not open to sharing what's going on in their life. And they don't, they don't think about how their actions are affecting other people. And they're not living their life to their fullest because they're not being open. They're, they're, they're not being vulnerable. You know, it's too often we get caught up in the, the fake it till you make it or never let them see the fear in your eyes mindset which is actually an unspoken expectation, and it keeps you from getting what you want and from uh, achieving what you want to achieve. But so many people are actually taking this unspoken mindset and they're starting to apply it and live their lives with that as their guiding principle. So, And, and the worst part, I'm, I'll touch on this real quick, the worst part is the fact that when you're putting on this this faulty facade is what I call it, or a lot of people will call it uh, a veneer of some sort, this actually keeps you from getting the one thing that people crave more than anything else. Do you know what that is? Um, is it cookies? Um, it's actually chocolate chip mint ice cream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't read my diary anymore. <laughs> I, I have not. I can't tell you enough. no no it's um it's actually meaningful human connection yeah and that's the one thing that that people don't understand is is that when you put on that that faulty facade like i mentioned before is it's actually limiting uh your your ability to perform it's limiting your mindset to the point where you are literally killing yourself. You're killing your passion. You're killing your your drive and your excitement to to live at a higher level. Yeah, and I want to add to that. Um, I think that you're fooling yourself if you feel like you're trusting people. And to grow to mm. our greatest potential and our own brand of success we can't do it alone. And that is work that we internally have to do. Um, One of the things that I've learned as I've put these businesses together is I just have to take action, you know, and I have to worry about what is happening later. So I'm going to take one step. And that's what I want to urge people to do is take one step, do one thing. Don't focus on, I have to go 20 miles and I have to do it day after day after day. And now I'm, I'm really intimidated. One thing will change your life. Start. Yeah. Just start. Absolutely. And then you've got another thing. You've got another focus then because you'll be dealing with, maybe not dealing with, but you'll be, You'll be welcoming in that different mindset as you're welcoming in the results of actually taking action. And And let me me stop you right there, Hillary, and say that when you are doing that, what you're doing is creating a new set of worthwhile habits. Absolutely. 100%. million percent. You're changing those bad habits or maybe they're not bad habits, but those unbeneficial habits into ones that will benefit you and your business and your family, instead of focusing on the habits and tolerating the bullshit that's not helping you to perform well, to be the best parent, brother, sister, parent, whatever, to those around you. And it's a nice segue into 
your man awakened and man awakened live and your governing points of those. Um, it's not just trusting others. It's trusting yourself. And before um, I let you run rampant with this, um, <laughs> I just want to say that trust begins and begets because of trust. So the only way to get over a breach of trust is to trust and take that risk. And the only way to begin trusting yourself is to take an action and learn that you can do it. This is new information. And even if you quote unquote fail, because failure is an internal pronouncement. I have failed. I have said I have failed. There is, to, to me, there is no failure. Mm-hmm. There, there really is no failure. And I, I really, really loathe the idea that people feel like they must succeed or they're going to fail. Amen. Because yes. failure is actually just data that you've collected so that you know which action to take next. I wish you could see me right now because I'm literally like coming out of my chair and like silently <laughs> clapping because that is exactly right. Failure is you deciding I'm not going on. With yes. that mindset, it's incredible what it can unleash in you. You literally can be a fail-proof human being. Amen. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. And here's the thing. If you ask any successful person if they have ever failed, I guarantee you that every single one of them is going to raise their hand and say yes. But here's the thing. Every successful person has taken that, quote, failure, analyzed it, and then made decisions based on that data in order to keep going towards their predetermined, worthwhile idea of success. Yes, one million percent again. I mean, you are just dropping truth bombs all over the place. The the growth and the progression are in the data that come from failure. The strength is in the vulnerability that yes. comes from putting yourself out there. It might be um, vulnerability is the new trend. Yeah, it's the new, let, you know, yep. in this landscape. Yep. And let me touch on vulnerability is the fact that when you're vulnerable, you're going to do one of two things. You're, you're either going to attract the type of people that you want to work with and be around, or you're going to repel people that don't agree with you. Both situations are awesome. They're fantastic. <laughs> Because, like I said, are you tolerating the people that don't bring you any value in your life? Well, that's good because if you're vulnerable in the, those situations, those people are actually going to to you're um, you're going to repel them. They're actually going to withdraw themselves from your life, and that's a good thing because you don't need them in your life. Absolutely. So let's go back into, we'll shift back into Man Awakened and Man Awakened Live and the tenets that you've put down. We've talked about trust yourself. You have break the rules, be willing to accept failure. And I think we've discussed that. Ignore the naysayers, work like hell, give back, reflect, and be grateful. What do you have to say about those? Ah. Uh. So much. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to say about all those topics. So Man Awakened is actually, uh, of course, a course that I put together. It's a digital course that I created. And it's a lot of my life's work, if you will. And there's, there's six modules that go into it. And... Each module builds off of the previous module, and each video builds off of the previous video. And there's over 10 hours of video and, and transcripts and whatnot. And I'm, I'm not making this into a sales pitch, but um, there's so much information in there that will help people to level up their lives. 
and break free from the the struggles and the suppression that they're feeling. And so there's a lot of strategies. I have worksheets on nearly every video. So there's like 30 worksheets within the course and they will walk you through different strategies in order to take your life to that next level. And so this course took me, geez, like six months to create. And it was actually a very spiritual and, and meaningful uh, progression for me because it allowed me to take everything that I had learned up to that point and put it into this course in an effort to help other people because I realized that I cannot impact the world by keeping all this information to myself. You know what I mean? You need to put it out into the world and let the people take that information, input it into their lives so that they can be the greatest version of themselves and take their greatness that and ripple uh, ripple out into the world, that ripple effect that I mentioned earlier, out into their families. Because here's the thing that I've realized is that if you can change one person's life, this is what happens. You change their life, you change the family. You change the family, you change the neighborhood, you change the neighborhood, you change the city, you change the city, you change the country. And if you change the country, you change the world. And that right there is what is so powerful about what I do. And that's what people need to understand about themselves, that despite, and I always put air quotes around limitations. Self-imposed limitations. That's exactly right, because we may have different adaptations that we need to apply. But here's the thing, and when I tell you this, you're not going to feel special. Oh, no. Then I don't hear it. I'm ready to accept this. Everybody has something. Oh, no. Everybody does. And you know what? Sometimes (laughs) what we crave from our disease or disability is not actually healthy. We get into a dynamic. Mm -hmm. And this is what I learned about myself like two months ago, and I was so disgusted. I was craving pity. Because pity made me feel like I was unforgettable. It made me feel valuable. So we have to be willing and be open to looking at what our objectives are in how we act, think, and what we say. Well, let's flip it around a little bit, Hillary, or Hill Dog. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) (laughs) what did you do or what was the situation in which you switched from feeling pity to feeling powerful it's um it it was a couple of things and thank you for letting me be on your show um (laughs) (laughs) you're very welcome this is your opportunity to be vulnerable (laughs) with the audience Excellent, excellent. I'm all about vulnerability. (laughs) When you live and stand in your truth, you have nothing to run from. You have nothing to hide. And what you will find out, and this will build upon you more and more and more, and it will build into this wonderful kind of self-empowerment esteem palace that you live in. (laughs) People are kind and loving more than they want to hurt you. This is what you'll find out when you talk to your clients and let them know what you're struggling with, how you work. It, it, it works differently. It's not that I have this, I can't do this. It is I have this, we all have something and we all adapt. But this is also self-care. It's very important that you give yourself these messages like you are a freaking superhero. Self-care is not just I'm going to slide into a lavender bath bomb after work and uh, and then I'm going to take a little cat nap and I'm going to read my favorite book. Self-care is what you tell yourself every single day. 
It is what you allow yourself to believe about yourself. So my flip for me came because, honestly, I was tired of hurting. I was tired of wondering why I was a source of fashion, if, of fascination to certain toxic people in my vicinity. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop. And instead of saying, but I'm not doing anything to generate these things that people are saying. I had to stop and say, how am I contributing to this scenario? How am I contributing to this reality? And then I got honest with myself and said, you know what? You are contributing to it. Because you you stopped tolerating the bullshit and the limiting beliefs in your life. I did. And I changed where my energy was going. Yes. It, It wasn't going any longer into getting pity. As somebody, um, you know, that people felt sorry for or getting attention for a a way people felt I still was even from high school. It was saying, you know, do I want that type of reinforcement and validation in my life? I don't want that. I don't want to be known for that. I don't want to be associated with that. Do you want to be associated as a drama queen? Do you want to be associated as the person who can't get up because they are so steeped in sadness over what they can't do that they can't even begin to see the gifts of what they can? That's that was the flip for me. That was the flip for me. Yeah, I just said, I'm done, and whatever I need to be open to hearing, I'm strong enough to hear because I love myself. And any freaking buddy can do this. And you know this, Philip, because you work with people like this every single day. Yes, that's very true. A lot of things that you said go back to the conversation that we've been having, and that's the change in focus and a Mm -hmm. change in tolerance. You no longer tolerated the things that were limiting you. You changed your focus from pity to power. Hey, there's a there's a catchphrase for you. There you go. From pity to power. (laughs) You you can use that. Thank you. That is so inspiring. And I love to hear stories like that, especially from personal clients, because selfishly, I get such a high from those stories when people tell me those stories, because that means that I have somehow impacted their life in a beneficial way. And that helps me realize and live my purpose, my goal, my mission in life. And that keeps me on track to continue to do what I do. Absolutely. And so you are lifting up men every single day. You are helping men to expand their identities of who they are and how they serve the people in their life, for example. Um, So we'll close with a question that I like to ask each of my guests, which is, what is one thing people don't know about you? Ooh, what is one thing that people don't know about me? Um, Wow. I don't drink beer. I don't like beer. And every time that I go out with buddies, I, I'll i drink a beer and I force it down because I want to fit in and conform. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I really don't like beer. I, that's would, all, that's I would much rather drink a water or a lemonade. <laughs> you know what? I'm like that too. And uh, my husband's a beer drinker and he'll say, here, do you want a sip of this? You no, know, I would rather drink carpet cleaner. Thank yeah. you very much. I yes. don't see it. I, I don't have see never it. had a beer that I actually like. Uh, <laughs> I've, that's I've good. Tried, I've tried many. Uh, see, for me, I don't even like to drink alcohol mm-hmm. because literally it's just poison in your body. And then that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier is that when you're not performing at your highest peak, you're, you're robbing the world of your greatness, especially the 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 people immediately around you. So if you're drinking heavily and it's really affecting your mindset and your speech and your actions and your mobility, then you're, you're just not living at your highest level and that's not good for anybody. So 
for me, it's, no. it's more of an alcohol issue. So if anybody listening has an alcohol problem, call me. I'm going to, I'm going to help you break that because that's just not beneficial to, to your health mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, even sexually. So mm-hmm. it's just good not a good you. thing. Good for you that you put that out there. It's very true. And and people who are uh, who find themselves diagnosed with a disability or a disease do turn to those crutches. Now, I stay away from it because I yes. walk like I'm drunk anyways. So if we <laughs> added beer to the mix, I'm sure it'd be like, let's just put her in a wagon and roll her around town. And then I'd be like the town drunk. So <laughs> does that still, wagon come with a, a lazy boy chair in it? You know what? It could. I could. We can do anything we want. Right. That's what this is all about. This, Amen. this has been this has been the Empower Hour. Yeah. Amen, brothers and sisters. So um, thank I love you it so much. For being on the show um and we'll we'll cut out of here with you telling people how they can get in touch with you sure sure thing well you can find my website it's literally just my first and last name.com it's philipdalthet.com spelled philip with one l p-a-p-h-i-l-i-p dalthet is d-o-u-t-h-e-t-t.com uh feel free to poke around on my blog uh Get on my my list. You can start getting my emails and and learn more about me and and what I do and go from there. Excellent. Thanks again. Um, Superpower hour with you today. That was really exciting. And uh, I can't wait to have you on again. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate it, Hill Dog. Have a great day. You too. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Did you like what you heard? I did. And uh, I thought we got into some mind-altering discussions. We got really deep into structuring what success looks like, into defining the words that surround success, the words that surround progress, how we think about ourselves, how we frame our abilities. So this is just an example of one amazing podcast. We have them all the time. We have them every single week, and I am beyond blessed to be able to put them on for you. Please make sure to subscribe to the Sick Biz Buzz podcast wherever podcasts are available. And if you feel inclined, please leave us a review. We are so grateful to our listeners and supporters. And if you would like to get in touch, please visit sickbiz.com where you will also see a multitude of blog posts from a variety of guest bloggers sharing their personal stories, hacks, hope, resources, and help. You can also send us an email to sickbizco at gmail.com and get in touch that way. Thanks for listening and be well.